The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Speaking of Sabbath, I've just spent the week on pilgrimage with our youth group. It was a very good, spirit-filled week, and I will speak more on that in just a moment. But for now, I just want to begin by telling you that during our travels, one of our youth asked me if my sermon today was going to be kid-friendly. And by that, I think she meant, will it be entertaining? And so I blame it on said inquiry that I cannot help but begin with a quote from the movie, The Princess Bride. If you have not seen this movie, bear with me and maybe forgive me for what I'm about to do. Near the end of the movie, there is a wedding ceremony and a character called the impressive clergyman begins the liturgy with these memorable words. is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within us we... Forgive me? As I meditated on today's gospel and on Jesus healing on the Sabbath and being reprimanded by a legalistic religious leader for healing on the Sabbath, and then Jesus reprimanding him back for losing sight of the spirit of the Sabbath, the words that kept ringing through my head were, and I will spare you the list, Sabbath. Sabbath is what brings us together today. Sabbath, that that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Sabbath, a blessed arrangement indeed. How God must love us. We were created to live this life with the gift of free will, 
a gift that is both beautiful and very difficult to manage. And so we work hard. We suffer. We get overwhelmed. I think God takes note of our exhaustion and invites us into Sabbath, a time to rest and recuperate, be spiritually fed, take a break from our distractions, and have quality time with one another and with ourselves and with God. Sabbath. Now, sometimes Sabbath becomes a chore. This happens when coming to church is an onerous obligation rather than a gift. It happens when religious types put regulations and shoulds on the practice of Sabbath, which is what was happening when Jesus was scolded. Apparently, he just wasn't working hard enough at not working. The religious leader present noticed and was blinded by a grip on his own interpretation of law, blinded from seeing God on the move in his house of prayer on the Sabbath. The night that our pilgrim group spent at All Saints Church in Chelmsford, our host parish, All Saints, both recommended and loaned us a movie called Joshua. Now, there's a few movies called Joshua. One of them might be a horror movie. This one is the 2002 version, and it's a movie about a modern-day Jesus. The Jesus figure, Joshua, questioned a legalistic priest, about his hellfire and brimstone sermons. And then Joshua and the priests got into a bit of an argument about what exactly the Bible was. The priest said something about the Bible being a law book, a way to know and avoid the wrath of God. And then Joshua said, no, it's a love letter. How does the basic message of God's love for us get so lost, particularly in religious institutions? I think we lose sight of love and we lose sight of God because we seek our survival in a very difficult life. We seek our survival in distractions instead of in Sabbath. A preoccupation with the law is a distraction. A focus on divine wrath is a distraction. Addictions are distractions. Often our engagement with screens and electronics are a distraction. Shopping, hoarding, overscheduling, overcommitting, overeating, overexercising, overdieting, overfacebooking, overtweeting. Name your favorites. Distractions. And these distractions abound in our society. Avoiding them is countercultural. Sabbath, therefore, is countercultural. We have to be really intentional to engage it. Sabbath is a time for awareness and openness to God's presence. If the Holy Spirit is on the move in and through us, I might not notice while binge watching movie clips on YouTube. If Jesus is calling us to come to him so he can release us from some ailment as he did with the woman in the gospel, if he's calling us to come and be with him, we might not notice it if we're rushing from work 
to the gym, to a social engagement, to an evening of surfing social media. Always having the news in front of us during our morning cup of coffee could take away from some time with God in the morning. If God is asking for some one-on-one time with us, God's going to have to get real loud to break through our wall of many distractions. But if we keep a Sabbath, if the Spirit of God has space in us intentionally, then, and perhaps only then, are we fully honoring and enjoying the gifts that God has given us. And so, in the spirit of escaping our distractions and keeping the Sabbath, six of us gathered here last Sunday night. And on Monday morning, we shouldered our packs and we set out walking through forests and neighborhoods and village centers to All Saints Church in Chelmsford. And with no distractions to pull us away from each other, we enjoyed one another's company and we received gifts of food and relaxation from our hosts. The next day, we walked to Lowell, where we were welcomed as pilgrims in residence at St. Anne's Church. On Wednesday and Thursday, some groups of people in Lowell who are doing good and holy work let us work alongside them, cooking and farming, serving food, doing chores, and listening to the stories of the people who we met along the way. On Sabbath from email and Facebook and my normal workload as a priest and a parent, I was able to experience God through a plethora of gifts along the way. There was laughter and extensive time outdoors. Each day was structured around prayer, eating, walking, and working together in community. Each evening ended with the prayer of Compline from our Book of Common Prayer and with singing. And perhaps most of all, there was a chance to learn and to experience Christ through my fellow travelers. I am not sure that 14 through 17-year-olds are often given the credit they deserve for being vessels of Christ. And while I mean many 14 through 17-year-olds, included in that is today's first reading reader, Griffin, and our acolyte, Libby. My fellow travelers are fun-loving, service-minded people of God's abounding love and grace. And with them, I experienced genuine Sabbath, undistracted quality time with God in community. Now, Sabbath doesn't have to be a long walk to Lowell. Doesn't have to be pilgrimage, doesn't even have to be on a Sunday. Sabbath can be any time, any place, any moment that we set aside to say no to our distractions and yes to God. May we all find a way to Sabbath. May we all find solitude at times and companionship at other times. May we know God through the people we meet and the people that we travel with. May we hear Jesus calling us. May we choose to turn toward the beautiful gift of time and space with God. Sabbath. Hopefully it's what brings us together today.
Sabbath, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Amen.